This is another damn sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports <clears throat> podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist, and it is Selection Sunday, one of the most exciting days in the college basketball season. And who better to bring on the podcast to talk about all of the crazy things that happened today than Pat McMahon himself. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on here. Just uh, can't wait. This is like my favorite week of the year. Just tonight, like the whole week of anticipation, the first four days of the tournament, just nothing better. Yeah, fair enough, dude. And, and Mike, I'm sure you're very excited for the best part of the college basketball season. I, I'm just so thrilled that we have this back. We lost out on it last year when everything with COVID broke out. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we had selection Sunday. I was thrilled to see who was playing who. And uh, I always love that when they show a team waiting to see when they're going to play and like they get all excited and they're looking to see, who, like, especially those teams that don't usually make it in. That, that stuff is really great to watch. So I'm very, very excited and I'm ready to dive in and talk about this year's uh, bracket. Yeah, I'm ready to dive in too. But first, we have to talk about the school that is on Pat's shirt right now. St. Bonaventure came out and came through for their devoted fans, winning the A-10 tournament 74-65 to against Virginia Commonwealth, VCU. Pat, how are you feeling, man? Feels great. Just, I, yeah, so excited. This team, um, I knew they were going to be good at the beginning of the year. That's, by the way, I gotta, I'm going to go back to that in a second, but um, just <laughs> fought through a lot of adversity. Uh, you know, they had players, a couple of players quit the team mid-year. They had a ton of COVID issues, barely got that many games in, but just uh, balled out, played their, playing their best ball right now when it counts the most. So thrilled they, uh, they got the uh, A-10 championship outright, didn't have to sweat on Selection Sunday at all. Knew they are going to be there. Not thrilled with the seed, but um, I think they can do some damage. Hey, man, they looked like a great team when I was watching the game today. Um, mm. Did the game ever look like it was really out of reach? I mean, it seemed like it was a defensive showcase in the first half, and then it looks like the second half was a little bit closer. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't really out of reach to the last, like, two minutes or so. Uh, VCU had a – they had a little run there. I think around the seven-minute mark, Osun Oshuni picked up his fourth foul. I got a little nervous then because, like, he's such a game-changer uh, for the Bonnies, um, you know, just shot-blocking and all that. But um, they were able to – what they did so well is they just didn't turn it over against VCU's press. So they were able to hold that lead to, you know, like seven, nine points for the whole, whole way down the stretch. Um, and then they hit that, that dagger fadeaway three at the shot clock buzzer that kind of ended it with like two minutes left. So it was just an awesome game. It's, it's pretty nuts to see Bonaventure fans, you know, just like how devoted you guys are to this program. It is, it's, 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 cool. it's all we have down there. It's all we have uh, <laughs> to look forward to in the, in the Olean winters, not much to do in that town. Um, so yeah, we arguably the most devoted fan base in the nation. Yeah, that dude, I would not argue against that. It, it's, it's fun to watch, but uh, <laughs> we're up there with Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> the Kentucky, that same Bonaventure, that is the one, two yep. punch there. But uh, exactly. so, I think it looks like what well, Oshun Oshuni and Kyle Lofton, they're kind of like the most important players on the team. Like those are the guys that are going to carry you yep. through this tournament. Yeah, definitely. Like Oshuni's just such a good shot blocker. And, and I mean, you guys know how it goes, like just like, having played before it's even when he only gets two blocks or three blocks, like you alter another eight or 10 because guys are just get scared to go to the rim at, um, or, or they alter their shots and, and kind of think too hard about it and miss. So he's huge. And yeah, Lofton, first team all eight ten, arguably should have been the player of the year, outplayed the player of the year, Bones Highland from VCU today. 
Um, and yeah, just, just runs a point, doesn't turn over, plays 40 minutes every game, complete Iron Man, a little inconsistent with the shooting, but today he was four for four from three. So like when that happens, there's no way they're going to lose. Um, yeah, those two guys are studs. Don Welch as well, uh, Buffalo native. He's been very good this year. He, he's the one that hit that dagger three. Um, and they're offensively, they just have a lot, like all five starters, average double figures, they spread it around. So that it makes them tough to guard. It's not one, one or two guys you, you're keen on when you play them. Now you mentioned no shooting being a rim protector. That sounds a lot like money, Mike. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Yeah, of course. That's, that was my role on the team. You know it. <laughs> Nobody can get by money, Mike, but no, that's incredibly exciting for say Bonaventure to finally be, uh, respected throughout the country and respected throughout the state. Like you said, yeah, they were by far the I, best team in New York state. I, I was going to say when, when I came on here, like before the season started, Mike, especially laughed at me when I said they're the best team in New York. And here we are a couple months later, the clear number one team, highest seed uh, of any New York, New York squad. Um, and I think I said Buffalo ahead of Syracuse, which was so almost true. They took them to overtime <laughs> in the dome. So um, yeah, whenever you're ready, Mike, I'll, I'll gladly uh, accept your apology on that. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I'll hold the apology till after this next upcoming weekend because uh, Bonaventure fair did. Enough, fair enough. They're more impressive uh, regular season. They won their conference. Syracuse clearly did not. They're a higher seed than Syracuse in the bracket. But will they get out of the first round? And will Syracuse get out of the first round? And we'll see what happens. So. Yeah, I'll hold the apology. I will say I will congratulate <laughs> you on a good prediction that they were going to have a successful season and they were going to, you know, be as good as they have been as advertised. So congrats on you for being on top of that. But hey, Syracuse got <laughs> in. It. I know people they did. don't like it, but they got on. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely surprised that Syracuse avoided the first four. That was shocking to me. I thought they were going to be like the last team or second to last team in. So I, I was I, shocked I, when I saw they were attempted. I agree. I mean, I, I actually went into the selection show and thought, well, I, I know Syracuse is getting in. I have a gut feeling they're going to get in, but I thought they would be like a 13, 14 seed or maybe one of the last four. I was actually very surprised. I know record-wise they're they're better than Michigan State, but I thought Michigan State having beaten Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois would have been ranked higher than one of the last Yeah, four. exactly. I'm with you there. So that, that was surprising. I mean, obviously Syracuse lost to, to Duke uh, not too long ago, and Duke didn't even make mm. a tournament the first time in 24 years. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, but Syracuse's defense has been playing so much better recently and they played yep. really tight in the last, the most recent game. So I'm excited to see them play. And I, I know that San Diego state's a good team and, uh, but they're not used to playing Syracuse's zone. And that's always an advantage Syracuse has at tournament time is that team for sure. Zone. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, definitely with Bonaventure playing LSU, LSU is a great offensive team. Bonnie's are a great defensive team and that's the matchup we're going to be looking at. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, when I, I was I was a little disappointed just seeing the seed that Bonnie's got. I thought they should have been a seven. It's like you win the conference regular season. Um, you win the tournament, too, on top of that in a multi-bid conference. Like, what more can, you know, can you do to impress the committee than that? They didn't have a bad loss. I think they got a little punished for not having much of a non-conference schedule. Only played two non-conference schedules. But I do think in terms of a pure matchup, I don't mind playing LSU first. I think they're very beatable, but I hate that if they win that game, it goes on to uh, to Michigan in the second round. Michigan's just a super tough tough matchup well, for anybody. If they had been a seven seed in the same region, obviously it probably would be a different region if they were a seven seed, but they would have had to mm -hmm. Maryland and then right. Alabama in the second round. You like them in the second round against Alabama much better than Michigan, I, I presume. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, the thing that makes Michigan so tough is they play a similar style as the Bonnies. They're, you know, just efficient on both ends. They take their time. They're well coached. Um, and they're, yeah, they're well coached and disciplined. And the Bonnies are that too. But Michigan just does it with more talent. Like they just have purely more talented players. So it'd be a very tough matchup. LSU, I think why the Bonnies could win is LSU is, if you, if you watch them at all, they're, they just launch threes. They have no discipline. They play no defense. So I, I think the Bonnies, if they can control the pace, you know, slow it down, they should be able to stop. They, I think we're in the top 10 in defensive three-point percentage, so should be able to, to limit LSU. And I actually do think it's a pretty favorable matchup for the Bonnies. Yeah, every time I would uh, see the over-unders for the slate of games whenever I used to bet, um, I would always see the LSU over-unders be incredibly high. So I, that's yep. something that goes along with what you just said, that they're just a, a team that just likes to check yeah. up shots complete opposite style of the body. So it'll be interesting um, in that game. And, you know, it's cliche, but it says whoever controls tempo, but it's kind of true in this, in this case. Yeah. And uh, so what, what are your thoughts on San Diego state for people who don't really know, including myself? Um, so what, one of the first things I thought of like what Mike just said is team, they're a team that's going to be so unfamiliar with the zone. So I don't, they're pretty decent. Offensive team, not amazing, not a great three-point shooting team, which is good. But they – so, yeah, that that's just a complete unknown um, is how they will respond to the zone. But on the other side of the ball, what we do know is they're a very good defensive team. I think they're 11th in uh, Ken Palm's defensive rating in the country, so they they really can defend. And uh, – but, I mean, Syracuse, obviously, they the way they close the season playing well offensively, if, if Buddy – if Buddy shoots as well as he does, it's going to open up just everything for, you know, it'll open up shots for Griffin and Gary and Gerard and everyone else. So it's going to come down to that. That's going to be a huge factor is if, if Buddy can hit some shots early. Yeah, congrats be big, to him. He made the ACC, uh, all ACC team, I believe. I think I yeah, saw that on Twitter. He, he was, he was all turn. He, he didn't make any of the ACC like regular season, all right. teams, but he was all, all tournament team, which is pretty nice for the team that only played two games in the tournament. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so it sounds like it's a winnable matchup for Syracuse. And then obviously if they do win that matchup, they're most likely going to have to play West Virginia. When I saw mm-hmm. that, I was like, Ugh, I don't know if that's a good yeah. matchup because I know West Virginia, they got some great big men on their team, right? They do. Yeah. They got, they got Derek Culver's a beast. Uh, they're, well, they had another guy, Oscar Shiba, who was really good. He, he like left the team mid season. So it's only, only one good big, but they have a good point guard, Miles McBride. That's an NBA player. And they just, that press is going to be tough for Syracuse because they just play like nine, 10, 11 guys and just try to wear you down. And, uh, you know, as we know, Syracuse isn't very deep. So, um, you know, it'll be a lot on Gerard and, and Richmond and Bayheim to break that press. They'll have to, it'll be tough. They'll have their hands full against West Virginia for sure. Yeah. If I'm being totally honest, I think that Syracuse is stealing in this bracket is um, if they beat San Diego state, they could potentially beat West Virginia, but that's about as far as it goes. But I will say looking at this, the way that the bracket filled out, is of all the number one seeds, the Midwest region is probably the easiest path for any of the one seeds to make it to the final four. Cause I really don't think that anybody else in this side of the bracket's like particularly like, oh man, I'd be really afraid to play them right now if I'm Illinois. Um, you know, like in the East, you've got Michigan, Texas, and Alabama, Florida State. Um, in mm. the South, you've got Baylor, um, Ohio State, and uh, Purdue's been pretty good. Um, and then of course in the West, you've got Gonzaga who's undefeated. Uh, but Kansas is there, Iowa's there. Um, so really, I think that in the Midwest region where Syracuse is, it's probably the weakest region, I would say, overall, 
as a as a group, I think Illinois is going to have the easiest path to get to the Final Four. But I, I do feel like Syracuse has a chance to make a run because they're not in the strongest bracket of the of the four. Mm-hmm. I, I I know Houston is a very good team this year, right? I'll just say Houston's Houston's tough. They actually, I think, like I probably I haven't finalized my picks yet, but I'm probably going to go all chalk on the. Uh, final four, except I think I'm going to pick Houston over Illinois. They're just so good defensively, and that's something you know will always travel. Uh, I know they just, yeah, go ahead, Mike. No, I was gonna say, I know Houston's good. Just one of the guys in the uh, selection show is loving Cleveland State, so I kind of was like, oh, why they really? <laughs> I know they're like Houston, why are they showing so much love to Cleveland State? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. That would be hilarious if uh, Houston ended up dropping to Cleveland State. I don't, I don't know that if that's gonna nuts. happen, um, but no, I feel like it the bracket turned out pretty decently from a seating standpoint. Like, yeah, like obviously you had your complaints about Bonaventure's placement, but I think of all the the number one seeds, I think those were the right teams to go with. I don't know. Was there anyone else yeah, they, that you thought should have gotten the number one? I, I think they got it right with the number one. And I think Illinois winning today made their job easier. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you could really go in any other direction with those one seeds. Who do you think is, so if I had to ask you who the best team in this bracket is ignoring paths or anything like that. Who is the best team that people should be looking for to potentially put in their national championship game? It's to me, it's Gonzaga hands down. Um, and it, you know, it's something for, in like December when they had some good non-conference games, they'd be uh, Virginia. They'd be Iowa easily. Everyone was like, what they'd be West Virginia too. Everyone's like, Oh my God, this team will never lose. And then I feel like a few weeks ago, like before Michigan lost a couple games and, and, you know, Baylor was playing really well. People were just like finding reasons just out of boredom to say that Gonzaga is not the best team anymore. And, and, you know, just cause they're not, they're, they're playing in the West coast, not in the, really in the national spotlight, but it's like, guys, they're still beating their, like these teams are conference by 25, 30, like they're beating St. Mary's our trial by 30 points. Like this team is unbelievable. All five starters are going to play in the NBA and their six man off the bench is like, Andrew Nemhard, it's not it's not even fair to have him. He's a top five point guard in college basketball. Comes over from Florida, joins Jalen Suggs, who's a top five pick. Like they have two point guards that are just you know that good, unreal big men. Um, yeah, from a pure talent standpoint, I don't think anyone comes close to Gonzaga. I I 100% agree. Uh, I mean Gonzaga going into this bracket is the best tournament. But Pat, you are you are a betting man, so if I were mm-hmm. to tell you to pick Gonzaga or the field, are you taking Gonzaga or are you going to go with the field? I'm still, I'd go with the field. Uh, it's just so <laughs> tough, single, single elimination like that. And I do think like Baylor to like there, um, like if I, I'm probably going to do multiple, you know, like multiple bracket pools and stuff, I might throw Baylor in as my champion for one of them. Cause they're just cause their guards are so good. They can all shoot the lights out and play defense. Um, and you know, like guard play obviously kind of is how you win in, in college basketball. Now, Gonzaga did kind of show a little bit of a chick in their armor, right? I mean, they, they were looking – they were struggling a little bit against BYU in the tournament. Right. right? Yeah, BYU, that's true. They were down a half. I mean, BYU, it was – that was a weird game. Like, BYU just didn't miss in the first half. They hit, like, eight or ten threes. And then it's – you know, I'll, I'll give them a break on that because I think it was the third time they played BYU, like, eventually. Uh, and BYU is a tournament team themselves. Like, eventually they were going to give Gonzaga a, a tough fight. Um so, yeah, I mean, they showed a little vulnerability, but, like, at the same time, coming in un- undefeated, like, it's – like I don't know. I don't know how you can look at this team and, and think from a talent standpoint that anyone else is better. Yeah, well, it's kind of boring, too, to just be like, oh, this team's by it, far the best team in the league. It like, really <laughs> is, and that, that's why I think you saw, like, ESPN and, you know, like, these, you know, famous 
analysts on Twitter saying, Fuchs, oh, I think Michigan's the best team in the country. Right. It's just out of boredom just because we want a new storyline. Yeah. Well, one guy in ESPN, uh, it might have been the CBS. No, I think it was on CBS uh, right after they had completed who was playing who. Uh, they picked, they both picked Illinois and Gonzaga, and they both picked Gonzaga to win. And one of them goes, I tried to think of every scenario not to pick Gonzaga, and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, you know, I totally get that. Well, do you yeah. remember? I remember I was that stubborn guy who didn't pick. Um, Kentucky the year they had Anthony Davis because they were clearly uh-huh. going into the bracket. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, they're the obvious choice. It's it's so right. the obvious choice sometimes because you feel right. like and no, it really is. And that like I was just saying, I think I'm gonna go all chalk except Illinois. But like I, I honestly might be picking Houston just because I like I don't want to pick all the four one seeds. Like maybe it is a smart move this year to pick all four one seeds. If if there's any if there's ever a year, I think this is it where. You know, I think it hasn't happened since 2008, but I would it wouldn't shock me if we get all four number ones in the I final think four. If I, if I were to take one number one seed out, um, I would say Michigan's going to be the one that doesn't make the final four. Uh, because I, I, I think you've got Alabama, you've got Texas. Yeah. Uh, UConn's, a, you know, going to be an, a team that people are right. Um, so, and of course, they've got Bonaventure to worry about. Right, so. exactly. And I will say Michigan, too, uh, They their best player, Isaiah Livers, didn't play yesterday against Ohio State. He has some minor injuries, so his status is in question, too. And, like, that's – obviously it would be huge if he can't play in the opening weekend. They could lose to LSU or Bonaventure. So that's the perfect segue. If there was one upset in this bracket that you could say is a lock, what would it be? Now, I think you might say Mount St. Mary's after what you just said, if they beat Texas Southern, e- either of the teams, right? They could beat Michigan without that player on their team, right? <laughs> not not quite Mount St. Mary's, but um, yeah, I was thinking about this. There's a couple that I'm kind of trying to, to choose between for my favorite upset pick. Uh, one of them is Ohio, a team that just beat your, your guys' UB Bulls. Uh, that was such a bad game, dude. That was yeah. terrible. It wasn't even close – after two minutes in the game, it was right. they blew it open and it was just not even close. Mm-hmm. That guy, uh, that guy Preston is so good for yeah. uh, Ohio. He's he's a stud, and I think what um, one advantage they have is Virginia. Like we don't know. This is gonna something I'm gonna try to like read or, or you know get any information I can about if they're able to practice because they you know they had to cancel after the Syracuse game. They had COVID tests, so I don't even know if they're gonna get much time on the floor at all. Um, and how that'll work out. So they could come in, you know, real rusty. And you got, yeah, against a, a stud like like Preston and that that big dude, that Vanderplas, that guy's really good too. The stretch four, like those, just that like tandem could could carry them. Um, definitely past Virginia and maybe even another game. Um, the uh, And actually the other upset I kind of like right there in that same little region with them is UC Santa Barbara could knock off Creighton. Like Creighton is a team I thought was going to be really good this year. They've been pretty disappointing. They looked so bad when they lost to uh, Georgetown in the semis. That's another thing. I can't believe Georgetown made this tournament. They looked so bad, like, in December, January. And they just kind of – they got a little lucky how the Big East, like, shaped out. Villanova's star player getting hurt. And then they beat them. And, and then, uh, you know, Seton Hall and and, uh, and then Creighton in the final. But, Dude, yeah, 13 they're and vulnerable. 12, are you kidding me? 13 and 12? Like <laughs> it, it, it's happened before it's happened before you get a 12 and 13, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. I might, I, I might pick both those teams. You see Santa Barbara is like, I've only caught a couple of their games and they're one of those teams. No one on the East coast knows about cause they play in some small conference out West. Like they're never, they're only on TV at like 11 PM on, you know, on a Thursday or Saturday night, if they're even on TV. Uh, but they're really good. They, I think they're eight and one in, in 2021, like since, you know, the calendar flip has only lost one game. 
they got some really good guards. So, you know, if you got good guards, you can, you can hang with anyone. Wouldn't be surprised they'd be Creighton. That, though, that conference is like the perfect conference for, for people who are just like trying to save their day. Yep. They had a terrible oh, yeah. day betting. They just throw everything yep. out of the UC schools and see. These right. It it's like, Oh, UC Santa Barbara, UC Irvine. I'm going to take this over to get me, get myself back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I know I cut you off. No, I was going to ask Pat, do you think that Rick Pitino with his first time back to the tournament can uh, lead his squad to upset Alabama? a 15 <laughs> Dude, I, I, it'd be, a, it'd be awesome television if he could, but nah, I think uh, Nate Oates' <laughs> boys are too tough. Yeah. How, how about Nate Oates turning that program around? Such a good coach. It's like, it's not fair that just Alabama now has a great basketball program on top of their dominant football program. I, I hate that just as a, <laughs> as a guy that despises Alabama, but yeah, they got a great one and, and Oates, they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I thought the same thing when I was watching their uh, their championship game while I was at the gym today. I was like, man, Alabama's already good in football. They can't be good in basketball, too. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, this is the first time in 24 years that Duke didn't make the tournament. Both Duke and Kentucky, this is the first time they both haven't made the tournament since uh, 1976. And that was the last yes. time that an undefeated team, Indiana, won the championship. So, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. that might, is that a good omen for them? I, I don't know. I, maybe. I think so. Yeah. If, if there's ever a year. Yeah. I mean, Gonzaga, they just, they've been so dominant for so long in their little rinky ding conference. I right. feel like this is the year they finally just need to blow the field out of the water and everybody can just yep. finally take away all of their misconstrued notions about Gonzaga just not being that good of a team because they right. really have a tough schedule. And Yeah. I mean, it does like history, I guess, is kind of not on their side. When you look at like that Kentucky 2015 team was so dominant, coming undefeated, losing the uh, in the final four. Wichita State, uh, I know, I guess they weren't as highly regarded as that Kentucky team or this Gonzaga team, but they came in undefeated as a one seed not too long ago with Baker and Van Vliet. They lost in the second round. Um, so I guess like that part of me is a little worried picking Gonzaga. It's like, yeah, these teams are coming undefeated. It's, it's just so hard to win six games in a row. Like, and when you have that extra pressure of staying unbeaten on them, but I, they're just so good. So let's, let's play this scenario out. So let's say Gonzaga obviously wins the first game um, mm-hmm. and let's say Oklahoma beats Missouri. Do you give Oklahoma any shot or do you think that Virginia would be the best shot to beat them in the third round? So if Virginia makes I it actually, out, like you said, yeah, if Virginia makes out, I actually <laughs> kind of, I think they had a better, they had a better chance of losing in the second round as opposed to the Sweet 16. I do like Oklahoma. Like, they're a good team. They have some great wins this year. Kind of um, – they're like Wisconsin where they're just, like, down the stretch, just had a brutal schedule. They've lost, like – they lost a bunch of games in a row. But Oklahoma's got – they got some ballers on that team. Yeah. Um, but I just – I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how they – their scoring could be an issue against Gonzaga, but um, their defense is pretty good. So, I, I think Oklahoma has a better chance than, you know, Virginia or Creighton or – or Ohio or Santa Barbara. Well, potentially if, you know, obviously Gonzaga is the favorite to go. If they make it to the elite eight, they're potentially going to play either Iowa or Kansas. If Iowa and Kansas play each other, do you like yep. Kansas better than you like Iowa? Or do you like Iowa better than Kansas? Or do you think that one might be better than the other playing each other, but do you think one of them has a better chance to beat Gonzaga? You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go none of the above. I like Oregon coming, <laughs> coming into the elite eight from down right. there. Although their first game against VCU will be tough, but I, do not trust Iowa in the slightest. They just – they don't play any defense. Um, and that was, like, exposed yesterday against uh, Illinois. They had no chance in that game. 
Um, I'm like, yeah, they got Garza and a bunch of shooters, but they don't play enough defense to go far. But I do think I, – I think Oregon or Kansas is most likely to come to get to the Elite Eight in the bottom part of that region. But, I, yeah, I don't like how either team matches up against Gonzaga. I, I think Gonzaga is a, is a cakewalk to the uh, the Final Four for them. All right. Uh, Pat, what, what do you think about the notion? Like, obviously, all season, all we heard was that the Big Ten is stacked. Like, it's such a great conference. Like, all the teams, mm-hmm. like, it could beat anybody any given day. Right. But do you think they're going to perform well in this tournament? Like, is it a, just a given that all those teams are better than everybody else in the field? Or do you think it's a little overrated that the big, I, they talk about the Big Ten like this? Yeah, it's it's definitely a little overblown. Um in my opinion. And I think like you can make the argument with the big 12 was a better conference this year. They only had 10 teams. They put seven in the tournament. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, you will get a handful of teams performing well just by sheer numbers. What is it like? Not they have nine teams in the tournament from the nine. Big yep. 10. Yeah. And I think you, you know, you'll get one, maybe two in the final four, but I also, it wouldn't shock me if they only go four and five in round one. I do think they're a little overrated. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So Pat, you heard it here first. The Big Ten is overrated. I love it. ACC is coming back. Um, <laughs> yep. So, Mike, are you? Uh, how excited are you for this? I am incredibly. I have not been excited about college basketball basically all season. I'll be honest. The lack of fans, <laughs> it, it just kind of makes it feel like we're just watching scrimmages all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. Ex- I'm extremely excited, and I'm. 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 I feel good about the fact they're going to a bubble because this was really annoying these tournaments where it's like oh so and so's out because of they've had one covid case like we got robbed uh of a you know texas versus kansas game that would have been really really exciting to watch um you know syracuse obviously we had a heartbreaking loss to virginia and then virginia has to bow out because they have a covid right. case. obviously they beat us fair and square but it's just kind of like Ugh. right yeah so you know I'm, I'm excited that they're going to be in a in a bubble uh for mm-hmm. this it'll be just like the NBA bubble where they were able to just get through seamlessly. I know it's probably mentally draining and it's going to be a lot a different of experience for people who've been to the tournament in the past. Um, but I'm excited. And I'm, I, I would still be excited even if Syracuse wasn't in it, but it makes it so much more exciting when Syracuse is involved because that first weekend, because that's as far as I think Syracuse is going to go, we're going to be like excited to watch the games. We're going to be like counting down. Okay. So I'm starting the games at five, but Syracuse plays at seven 49. All right. Can't wait. Let's go. And if they win, it's just it's just so thrilling. So I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, I'm really if Syracuse is out, I'm pulling for Bonaventure for you, Pat. Um, but if they're both out after the first weekend, I would say the team that I'm probably pulling for would be I I like their football team, so I'm gonna root for Texas if they uh if they can go all the way. Well, yeah, and they're a team that like has never like ever since basically when Kevin Durant was there, they haven't really been that relevant, right, Pat? Yeah, no, they it's been a while since they've been good. They yeah. were in the final four of the year that Syracuse won the national championship. Oh, that's right. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, oh, oh three. That's, <laughs> that, was, that was like a little, that was not a little while ago. <laughs> I was yeah. only nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But uh I don't know if you guys remember this. I just randomly like my vivid memory of that Texas team in 2003 was TJ Ford hit his head on the rim when he dunked one time. And I think, I don't know if it was against Syracuse, but it was in that tournament. Uh, it was just nuts. TJ Ford. He, he was drafted like really early in that draft, right? Like in front of like yep. D Wade and stuff. No, not in front of Wade, but he was oh, pretty okay. high. He's top 10 for sure. That was, that was an amazing final four because you had TJ Ford with yep. Texas and you had uh, Dwayne Wade with Marquette and yep. obviously Carmelo and, uh, you know, G Mac with Syracuse. And yeah. 
Uh, Kirk Heinrich and uh, Collison. Kirk Heinrich, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Well, in terms of uh, NBA caliber players, I know we have uh, Cade Cunningham with Oklahoma State. You think they have any chance to make a run, or do you just think the team around them just isn't that great? They do. They're balling right now. Like they're they've been. I'm trying to. Where I can't see where they are in this bracket. Okay, they're in the uh, the Midwest. Yeah, they're a team that could definitely give Illinois a game in that in that Sweet 16. Would not shock me. Um, but even like, did you see? I think it was like last week or two weeks ago. They beat West Virginia when Cade Cunningham was hurt, like on the road. Like this team just gotten so much better uh, as a year went on. Like I kind of wrote them off in January because I lost to TCU twice, and TCU is not very good. But in the last month, they're they're as hot as anyone. And then when you got a talent like that, like the number one pick in the draft, they're gonna be. Um, it would not shock me if they, they yeah they just beat Baylor too in the in the Big Twelve semis. I wouldn't be shocked to see them make a make a big run here. Who would you pick between uh, Michigan State and UCLA in that uh, last four to get in game? I am gonna go UCLA. Uh, I I don't like either team really. Uh, it's gonna be an ugly game. They're they're both kind of offensively challenged to play play pretty good defense, but I think UCLA is a little worse offensively, or I mean, is not as bad offensively. So uh, that, that's why I'm going to go with them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, so I think that might have covered all of the big points I wanted to cover. Pat, do you have any final points uh, with the bracket? Um, <laughs> one thing I, I noticed, uh, and it scared me a little when um, for Syracuse's sake, I. I thought the ACC was kind of treated – I mean, I know it was down here, but they, they were a little harsh in some of their seedings on the ACC teams. Georgia Tech wins the conference, and you, they get a nine seed. They have to play Loyola, Chicago first round. That was a brutal draw for Georgia Tech. And, uh, and Virginia Tech, a 10 seed. I know people were mad that they were the three seed in the ACC tournament because, I mean, it's beyond their control, but a lot of their games that were canceled were against the better teams. Like, they avoided playing Florida State. They avoided playing Virginia a second time. Um, but then the NCAA, so, you know, they caught a break getting a three seed in the AC tournament, but the NCAA committee definitely punished them for the strength of schedule. I was surprised they were a 10 seed. And then Louisville not making it at all. That was, to me, the biggest snub. I, I thought they were pretty comfortably going to be in. Um, but so the ACC did not get treated well by the committee, except for Syracuse for some reason. <laughs> uh, did you? So I, I think that because Georgetown won the Big East, I think they are the ones who bounced Louisville out. Yeah, Georgetown and Oregon State. Yeah, those – crazy uh but did you like North Carolina as an eight seed uh yeah I think that was kind of fair I probably thought maybe they were seven but um you know they they weren't great all year they're playing good ball now um but I eight's pretty fair yeah if you were were on the committee give them a scale of one to ten how they did 10 being they did a great job one being they sucked and you should be on the committee running it next year (laughs) I would probably say like a four below okay. average job uh, yeah I mean they always make some mistakes and I guess this year it was there were so many egregious ones but yeah I, I, I thought it was uh, Louisville getting snubbed was a huge surprise uh, a couple teams under I'm a pretty harsh critic of them so uh, for they're not going to get much much better grade uh, you okay. don't want to be associated with the fucking NCAA <laughs> anyway, that corrupt organization. Exactly. You know? You guys start the campaign right now, Drew. We got to put it up yeah. on Twitter. Hashtag get Pat McMahon on, on the committee. Yeah. <laughs> they also, one of the things too, another reason I, I, I give them a bad grade is in my head, right after they finished announcing it all, they were like, I was like, man, they really were harsh towards these teams that didn't get a lot of games in. And then the, the guy, the head of the selection committee comes on and he's like, 
well, we try to treat the teams uh, that didn't play that many games as fair as possible. And I was like, that's the exact opposite of what like I got from this bracket. <laughs> like, like Louis, that's why Louisville, I think, didn't get in. They barely played any games. They had so many cancellations. They, they, had, they got canceled against Syracuse on the day of the game twice. That was super frustrating. Um, and uh, St. Louis, the same way. St. Louis beat LSU. They had a good resume. They, they also – but they only played like 16, 18 games. So, that's why, you know, they – I thought, and then uh, that's why they didn't get in. And Virginia Tech, like they had a lot of games canceled. So I thought they actually really hurt the teams that got a lot of games canceled. Yeah, th- th- this was a hard year for the committee to kind of look at everybody's resume because so many teams sure. canceled games, and like some teams played right. a full schedule, some teams didn't. And those teams right. that weren't as well known um, when they because there weren't a lot of out of conference play this year. Um, mm-hmm. Those teams that aren't as well known that have those outer conference games to kind of put on their resume didn't even get a chance to do that. Yeah, no, you're right. That's what hurt the Bonnies too. They only played two out of conference games, and it was uh, Hofstra and Akron. So not exactly um, games that were going to really wow the committee there. So that's probably why they were a nine instead of a, a seven. And yeah. Hofstra and Akron. Yep, that, that is that is the who's who of college basketball. But uh, oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on and giving us your thoughts on the Selection Sunday results. Now, just a quick pivot. Uh, Pat, why don't you tell us, what are your thoughts on Drew Brees retiring? I mean, I know everybody thought that this was going to happen, but uh, did you like Drew Brees? Did you not like him? Did you enjoy watching him play? What do you think? Yeah, no, I I liked him. He was, uh, I always root for those guys that are just, you know, undersized and he never let that affect him, made, uh, had a much better career than any expert would have projected him, uh, you know, coming out of college. So I definitely applaud him for that. You know, winning the Super Bowl for New Orleans was so cool. Like right after Katrina, like you can't, you know, you're not going to get many better like moments in sports than that. Um, but I do think it was time, you know, you could kind of see this year his, his arm strength wasn't there anymore. So probably the right time to hang it up. All right. And Mike, what are your thoughts? I know you always have a soft spot for that generation of quarterback. I, I love Drew Brees. I, I thought he this was a good time for him to retire because I think his, his arm strength was going downhill. But uh, I loved his story about how, you know, his last game with San Diego, he was going into free agency and he separated his shoulder. So every, nobody wanted to sign him. Um, and he had a choice between Miami and New Orleans. And he went to New Orleans with Sean Payton and uh, they took a wrong turn. Sean Payton didn't want to show him all the devastation, but they took a wrong turn. He actually saw it. And that actually made Drew and Brittany Brees want to go to New Orleans to be a part of helping it. And I love something that Drew Brees said back then when they won the Super Bowl was people were saying that Drew Brees saved New Orleans, but he said New Orleans saved him because they wanted him when no one else did. And uh, I, I was always rooting for him to get another Super Bowl. And I, I feel like we as fans got robbed as well as the Saints got robbed with that non-pass interference call against the Rams because it would have been Drew Brees versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl would have probably been a more epic game than what we got of the 13 to three Patriots and Rams, probably one of the worst Super Bowls I've seen in my history as an NFL fan. So uh, no, congrats to Drew Brees on an amazing career. He's going to hold some records for quite some time. And um, I'm very, very happy for him and uh, excited to see what the Saints do now going forward. Uh, But real quick, I wanted to pivot since Pat, you live in Dallas. Dak finally, finally have got paid his money. Mm-hmm. That's not a story we have to hear anymore. Um, how's the uh, atmosphere down there? Are people happy about it? Are they pissed off? What's the tone of the Dallas fans? I think they're happy that, you know, they knew it was the right move they had to do. But I think 
they're not like they're just not optimistic at all right now, Cowboys fans. Just seeing how last year played out, yeah. how the line is beat up and all that. And I think they I think personally they gave way too much money to Zeke, which kind of complicates things and getting you know, uh, getting a better line and better defense. You don't really have the money for it because you have too much tied up in, in your weapons. But, yeah, no, I think it, they had they had to do it. Uh, you know, what else? You saw the results with him off the field. They were, you know, what are you going to do without yeah. Dak? Yeah, I, I loved it because, I one, uh, I, I felt bad as a Giants fan because Dak was making a campaign for himself to try to get paid and our, were the ones who broke him last year. Um, so I felt kind of bad about that, but I, I'm, I'm happy to see him get paid because that means that they had to overpay him. They had to overpay Zeke, yep. they overpaid Amari Cooper, and that means they're not gonna have enough money to pay other people and they're going to suck. No. So that's my hope as a giant. Exactly. I'm very, very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you guys feel? It must fr- like frustrate you, Andrew, as a Bills fan specifically. Like, how do you feel about Brady signing a four year extension at the age of 43? <laughs> like, that's so ridiculous. Like, when is this guy ever going to like suck? I love Tom Brady, so it's all right with me. <laughs> well, all right. Number one, I am not a Bills fan, Pat. Let, 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 let's get this straight. Oh, my, right? Yeah, sorry. I <laughs> I do like the Bills, but they well, can you're, fuck you're up when it comes to the Jets. As, as the rules of marriage are, you are one. So yeah, I was going to say, I know, you're, half, I know. You're, you're half Bills fan now. I know, I know. But uh, no, it's incredible. Just the fact that he's able to sign something like that and like you kind of know he's still going to be great. Like. He might fall off towards the end of maybe that last year, but we've been saying that for the past 10 years that he's going to end up falling off at some point. So I'm just interested to see how this all turns out if he ends up yeah. winning another ring. Right. Father time's undefeated except for against Tom Brady. I guess so, man. Maybe Tom Brady is father time in disguise. Could be. <laughs> Could be. These are the questions that we are asking on this podcast. Pat, so, thank you so much for coming on. This is a, you made this, very fun because I know you have great knowledge working for the Action Network, always researching your bets, always researching your picks. So I know you know everything about every little thing about each of these teams. So it's definitely <laughs> huge to have you on this podcast. So thank you. Yeah, yeah no fun. doubt, guys. A lot of fun. All right, Mike, any final parting words in this last minute before Zoom kicks us off? Uh, if Syracuse loses in the first round and Bonaventure goes, I will make a public apology to Pat McMahon about how Bonaventure is the best uh, college basketball team in New York State. They, they are going into the I'll tournament. I'll be waiting. <laughs> they are going into the tournament, so I was wrong about the regular season. I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for it. listening to another damn sports podcast. I'm Drew Torres. He's Money Mike Gilchrist, and enjoy the tournament.